All right, good morning, family. My name is Stephen Aguaya, and we're going to be continuing our theme of finding Christ in crisis. And goodness, uh, we are clearly very much in the middle of a crisis. Um, if you just look outside, the, the world is in a very crazy place. Uh, New York is in a very crazy place. New York City specifically is in a very crazy place. It's clearly a big crisis that we're experiencing right now. But I can imagine, though, that as big as this crisis is, it's probably caused or uncovered um, some small crises uh, as well, like whether it's in our homes or or in, in personal relationships or even just internally. Um, it seems like this big one has just kind of identified some smaller ones as well, and which is why I think it's so encouraging to remember that Jesus is Lord of the pandemic. But he's also Lord of the personal. Like he's very, he's aware and in control of the big picture, big problem stuff. But he's also very detailed and very much invested in the small, nuanced issues of our lives. Um, so we're going to take a look at a little bit of that uh, right here. Our second um, week into this theme puts us right into one of my favorite passages in the Bible because it's about food and it's about a lot of food. So turn with me to Matthew 14. Matthew 14, 13 reads, When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Uh, bring, them to, bring them here to me, uh, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up into heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men beside their hungry wives and kids. Uh, you know, right before this, a very close friend of Jesus's, uh, J John the Baptist, was killed. And it seems like once again here, Jesus is trying to socially isolate himself in order to get closer to God. Um, he's, he's quarantining himself from people to, like, gather himself and, and grieve and, and, and connect with God. And then right on cue, humans, thousands of humans descend on him with all of their problems and illnesses and shortcomings and I imagine very similar to how when my wife is trying to take some personal time for herself and um, and the Aguaya three, which is myself, uh, my, my two sons, it's our band, uh, you know, Google us. Uh, we kind of just drop on her with all of our, hey, like, you know where the diapers are or have you seen where I put my keys and and should he be leaking like this? And I imagine like in a similar man, I'm just trying to rest here. And now here are all these problems in the same way that my wife so graciously, time after time, takes care of our needs. We, start, we see Jesus here, who's in the middle of trying to take some time for himself and then be, be just attacked by all of these people that want stuff from him. You know, in the Mark account, um, it says that he taught the people as well um, uh, as, as a result of his compassion uh, for them. Now, compassion... Uh, is a is an interesting you know, interesting sounding Greek word. It's splenchisomai, um, which means that they're like to have your stomach turned because of your emotional connection towards something. So he was physically like shifted 
um, because of his care, specifically for their lack of spiritual leadership. He, he, he was hurt at the fact that, man, these people are lost. Um, and he cared so much that it affected him physically. He was going to do something about it. You know, Mark says that he taught, but Luke says he specifically taught about the kingdom of God. Here's my first point. In crisis, Jesus is going to preach. First point, in crisis, big or small, personal or pandemic, Jesus is going to preach. And specifically here, he's preaching about the kingdom of God. You know, Hebrews 13, 14 says that, that here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for a city that is to come. You know, New York is tough. Uh, New York is rough and, and, and aggressive. And listen, I, I lived in Lagos, Nigeria, and I'm saying that New York is tough. But there is a city that makes Times Square on New Year's Day look like complete darkness, uh, where the street performers are singing holy, 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 and the celebrities you bump into aren't musicians or, or actors. They are Moses and David and Peter and Paul. And as challenging and as gritty and as, as tough and as powerful, I think, as New Yorkans can be as a city, there's a city that puts this city uh, to shame. In Philippians uh, 3.20, so their citizenship is in heaven. Our, our, our identification is locked in, in in heaven. We might be born here, but we're not from here, and we're definitely not going to stay here because there's a city so much bigger, so much more amazing that is that's that's our home if we can can ride this out. Now, why would Jesus tell this to a group of people that are hurting? Because I think that's what the whole good news is. That as challenging as this life in this physical present being can can be. Just remember that this isn't it. It doesn't stop here uh, for us. So in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of crisis, Jesus will preach. And here he's preaching about what we have to look forward to in our home, not being here, but the good news about God. This is good news to the brokenhearted, um, to the sick, to the shut in, um, to those in crisis. Uh, Jesus has given them something to hold on to here. And I think for us as well, in the middle of crisis, we've got to remember that Jesus probably has something to say about this. So he will preach. Second point, in crisis, big or small, personal or pandemic, Jesus has power. You know, I, I have watched my mom on many occasions um, open the fridge and see a bunch of unwanted leftovers. And like in 15, 20 minutes, just like macgyver those pieces together and end up with a mul multiple course meal for for our our, our picky uh uh foodie taste buds um just kind of like something that, that that she did uh you know in second kings four we read of a mom and son that had their one jar of oil multiplied indefinitely uh by the power of god in the same same chapter in verse 42 there's a hundred men that are fed on 20 loaves of barley you know jesus took barrels of water and made it incredible wine. He also took 12 cowards and failed fishermen and directionless zealots and made them world changers. He took a small Bible talk in an apartment in, in New York City and made a, a church family that has global influence and in advancing the gospel. Now, taking nothing and making something is kind of God's thing. And crisis has never been 
a limiting factor in God's ability to work. I'd even say it's often a catalyst for him to get involved. Uh, so what's the issue here? The issue is we have five loaves and two fish. So Jesus says, well, watch this. You know, what's the issue? It's a global lockdown and mass uncertainty. And Jesus says, well, watch this. You know, what's the issue? Relationships are taking a beating because of what this extended time with family and away from distractions is revealing. And Jesus says, well, you know, watch this. Is it loneliness, lack of motivation, impurity, greed, whatever it is, whatever challenge we're handing over in this, this is all I have. I have these five and these two. Jesus, because he has power, is just going to say, hey, watch this. If you hand your problems, if you had your five problems and your two insecurities and your five shortcomings and your, your two whatever it is to Jesus and are willing to let him work, watch him transform your life in an amazing way and have you be a blessing to other people as well. You know, in crisis, big or small, uh, personal or pandemic, Jesus has power. So he's going to preach and he has power. My last point, in crisis, Jesus wants us to participate. You know, uh, if you could interview Jesus and ask him, you know, Mr. Jesus, uh, thanks for sitting down with us uh, this morning, um, just kind of recalling your miracle of the 5,000 that were fed. Um, I just want to know, just so I can put in my notes, um, who fed the 5,000? You know, is it, the, the way that Jesus handles this is that he, he tells the apostles, you give them something to eat. You find the food. You organize the crowd. You hand out the food. You collect the leftovers of the food that, that, uh, that, that are left over. Each of you grab a basket on your own and make sure you dump out all your lack of faith because it won't fit in there. It's taking up too much space. I think it will be foolish for the apostles to take credit for the miracle that happened, but Jesus had them work. Jesus had them participate in the miracle. Our participation is part of the good news. It's part of what Jesus preaches. It's part of his power. And I think sometimes we can feel limited because of circumstance and situations. But again, that never stopped Jesus. Limits human limitations, even his own physical having to take on the shell of flesh limitations never stopped Jesus from doing what he needed to do. Jesus wants our participation. He wants us to, to, to take part in his purpose. He wants us to take part in his plan and his perspective. He wants all of us to understand the message he's preaching. He wants all of us to understand the nature of his power, and he wants us to participate in that as well. You know, Jesus knew that not everyone in the crowd was going to take him seriously. Um, I imagine in a crowd of 5,000 plus, there had to be people that were there for just the perks, um, just the food, just the, just the healing, just the curiosity. And though he was aware that not all of these guys are actually here for the right reasons, and not all of these guys are going to stick through for the long term, I'm going to feed them anyway. That's an incredible amount of love and an incredible amount of humility and patience and, and trust in, in, uh, in people. He could have very well just sent them home and been a practical, effective, functional savior. 
like, hey, okay, you're right, guys. You've we've been here for a long time. My boys haven't eat, eaten either. Let's uh, go ahead and call it a day and eat. But he chose to get involved and invested in their personal life and their plan and their needs, and he fed them. And in crisis, Jesus is going to preach. He is going to preach about man, everything that we need to get through this time. Uh, in crisis, Jesus is also going to uh, show his power um, and his, his power that the same power that made the universe exist. Uh, Jesus is going to show his power and he's going to ask us to participate um, and not be spectators watching our favorite performer perform, but being part of his team. Uh, in, in making the changes in the world that, that we so desperately need. Um, you know, the, the communion is also a chance that we get to participate as well. Um, Jesus himself preached about what he came here to do. Uh, his power is what raised him from the dead. And our participation in this is our uh, remembering together as a family that we can't take for granted um, what Jesus did to overcome the biggest pandemic of all time, which is the human condition. Uh, his his love and his sacrifice and his death on the cross has allowed us to participate not only in the act of communion, but participate in what Jesus got at the end of it, which is eternity in heaven. Um, so with his with with his power, with the message he preached, and now with our participation, let's never take for granted and never forget that, man, we don't deserve this. But Jesus looked at us, had compassion on us and gave us his body gave us his blood, gave us his life so that we can defeat death as well. Uh, so as we take the bread that represents his body and the juice represents his blood, let's just remember that even in the middle of a pandemic, even when there's so many needs and so much issues and so much stuff that can go wrong, uh, Jesus cares. He cares because he knows, and he knows because he's deeply invested in who we are. Um, let's pray. Uh, God, thank you so much, Father, for, for being the God that we need. God, thank you for doing what no one else could. Thank you for, for your love and your, your, your mercy and your patience and your, your understanding of, uh, of us. God, I pray that as we take this time to remember your sacrifice, that uh, you allow it to inspire us. God, you allow it to, to dig deeper into understanding who you are and who you want us to be. God, I'm so grateful um, for what you have done, uh, what you continue to do, God, what you are clearly going to do down the line. Um, thank you for having us in your family. Thank you for letting us participate uh, right now in this, uh, just remembering how incredibly powerful and loving you are. Also pray in your son's name. Amen.